0: Another edition of Beat the Closing Number presented by TheLines.com. You can follow The Lines on Twitter at TheLinesUS. You could also check out Play.TheLines.com for all of our betting contests, including for the Stanley Cup Final. My name is Eli Herskovich. You can follow me on Twitter at Eli Herskovich. And you can follow today's guest on Twitter at Double Underscore Junkyard. He is Jeff Davis, the lead bookmaker for NHL college baseball and golf over at Circus Sports in Vegas. What's going on today, Jeff? Eli,
1: what's happening? How are you, bud?
0: I've known Jeff for a long time. He always hates when I bug him to come on the podcast, but he's very gracious to give us his time today. One of the best, not just bookmakers across the industry, but handicappers as well. So can't wait to talk about this Stanley Cup final with him, especially because He's out in Vegas, and Jeff, the puck drops for the Stanley Cup Final on Saturday between the Vegas Golden Knights, the number one seed on their side of the bracket against the Florida Panthers. Vegas is pretty much minus 130 to win the Cup at most books, but I believe minus 139 currently as of this recording on Monday afternoon over at Circus Sports, and Panthers won the president's trophy last season, and then they go on to knock off one of the best regular season teams in NHL history in the Bruins on their way to making the Stanley Cup. And they were priced around plus 2,500 to win the cup going into the playoffs. So on the surface, what have your biggest takeaways been for the Stanley Cup playoffs entering this cup final?
1: Well, really, is just how close all of these games are, and how many of them have gone into overtime. And really, they rightfully so should have been should have gone into overtime. There hasn't been a lot where one team has dominated the other and ended up in overtime and lost. I mean, you look at the—I think the Panthers have won six games of their twelve in overtime uh, so far this playoffs. And if you watched the Carolina series closely I think if the Panthers swept Carolina if if after four games it was Carolina three Florida to one I don't think anybody really would have been all that surprised because it played out just so evenly and Vegas against Dallas I mean a six game series games one two and four were complete toss-ups and any of the either team could have won any of those games so I just see two teams that are just so very close to each other and from a power ratings perspective. And I I think the number that's out there right now is, is a touch high. I think one could argue to me that my number on, I make Vegas about 52% to win this series, which is about minus a dollar eight. Uh, So like the plus 15 you see out there, I think is worth a bet. Uh, I think other smart hockey people could argue to me that my number is a touch low. And, you know, maybe they're right. I, I think I could understand it being they could be as high as 53 or 53.5%, but any more than that seems excessive. And if you could find uh, if you a plus 20 somewhere, I would think that uh, that's an excellent bet. Whether or not it gets there, I have absolutely no idea. But I would think if, if this series gets played a thousand times and you were able to bet the Panthers plus 20, uh, you'd come out ahead at the end.
0: Going back to your one of the things you mentioned early on in your handicapping for this series, at least heading into it, the notion of puck luck for Florida and for Vegas for that matter. Like you said, you have these teams pretty much even when it comes to your NHL power ratings, but you go back to the Boston series and Florida was seconds away from seeing their season end in game seven and then forcing overtime in the final seconds of regulation before winning it in OT and then going back to their last game in game four of the conference finals. Matt Kachuk scoring the game winner and they were seconds away from going to overtime in that one. So how do you evaluate puck luck, I guess, and one goal variance when it comes to a team and then in a fresh series like this, Obviously your entire NHL power ratings come into play, not just a small sample size, whether it's a given series or one game variance, but with the Florida Panthers specifically, obviously there were a lot of doubters even after they knocked off a historically great Boston team, at least going back to the regular season. So do you think the Panthers got lucky on their way to the final, or do you think this path and this team is well-deserved uh, of being here and has a legitimate shot, like you kind of alluded to, to winning the cup?
1: So there's a lot a lot to unpack here. Um I, I would say any team that makes it this far, I, I don't think lucky is probably a fair word because over the course of, if you just look at, like, the landscape of sports in general, hockey is one of the most variant sports there is. I mean, how many times can you see during a regular season, a team's a $3 dog, but, you know, the other team hits, dominates, hits four posts, and, you know, the the team that's a $3 dog scores two and wins two to one. Was the team that won two to one necessarily the best team that night? No. So the variance really just applies in hockey, and the difference between the best team – and, say, the 8th or 10th best team, it really just isn't all that much. I mean, the Bruins' record, yeah, they were historically great in terms of points accrued in a regular season. But if you look at their underlying numbers, for the at least for the second half of the season, they weren't all that great. They just got above-average goaltending and put the puck in the net when they had to, and they won a lot of games. Not taking anything away from the Bruins, but maybe they just – the difference between them and other teams wasn't as great as the regular season standing showed. Then you take uh, looking at Florida's case, you have a guy like Sergey Bobrovsky who, you know, had the monster playoff run with Columbus, signed a big contract and found himself on a milk carton because he hasn't been, you haven't seen him anywhere in years, but now he, he has, you know, another unbelievable playoff run and he's kind of showing his old, You know, 2017, 2018 type form. I mean, guys won a couple of Vezina trophies. So he's found what, whatever has been missing for the last couple of years. And you combine that with, well, Florida doesn't have a deep roster, they have a, you know, a handful of very, very good players um you know and what does it result in you just you know yeah you got to get lucky to win some of these games so to speak these games go to overtime and you got to you know you've got to be the team that scores the goals like they could easily be out at this point but that being said to, to say they maybe don't deserve to be here isn't necessarily fair either um so yeah i mean i, I don't put a lot of like, what happened in the previous series as far as puck luck, I just don't think you can apply it to series going forward. It just kind of all takes care of itself over time, the luck factor. But it all just comes down to getting the best number when you're making bets and what the knowing what the price should be versus what the price is. And, like, anyone who actually thinks they can, quote, pick winners in the sport of hockey is out of their <laughs> mind.
0: Well, welcome to the gambling Twitter world, as you (laughs) know very well, Jeff. And for the people that follow you or will be following you very shortly on Twitter, at double underscore junkyard, you brought this up on Twitter last night that a good price on Florida is worth a bet. And I think you noted that one book out in Vegas had around plus 125. Now, I was looking at Con Smythe odds going into the podcast and. Bovrovsky, who you mentioned and broke down a ton within your handicap here, is around plus 200 to win the Smythe. So typically you hear this sort of handicap when it goes into the championship round or game for any sport. Would you rather bet the player to win X award over the team to win the series or the game outright? So I'll ask you the same question. Would you rather bet Bovrovsky to win Smythe? At plus 200, a little juicier to the average batter's eye rather than batting Florida just to win the series.
1: So I will preface this by saying I am not in awards market better because the voting just drives me nuts and I see these <laughs> votes constantly that don't make any sense. So yeah. I will preface my statement with that. Now, breaking it down, if you look at... I'm going to go into both sides here to get to my point. If you look at Vegas's... Skaters. You've got probably four guys that could theoretically win if Vegas wins the cup, and that's Stevenson, Eichel, Marches, So Stone. But they're all so close in points that it would take one of them to have like a super series to separate themselves from the others to where that person would win the Con Smythe. Also, Chandler Stevenson's name is Chandler Stevenson and not Mark Stone or Jack Eichel. So he would probably have to go absolutely berserk to win it because if you look at the history of the Con Smythe Award, it's always given to a guy with a big name. So he's probably up against it. Um, you could take a look at Aiden Hill. Granted, he didn't play he didn't play the first series, but his numbers have been unbelievable. Posted a shutout last night, and you could think, okay, well, if this is a low scoring series and nobody really separates themselves from Vegas, he could win. But then you look at how how good Bobrovsky's been. I think it's possible that Bobrovsky could win the Con Smythe and the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup. If if none of those guys go crazy and the voters don't want to give it to Hill because he didn't play, you know, essentially the first series plus a game or two in Edmont- against Edmonton, Bobrovsky's the next logical choice. I think if Vegas wins the Stanley Cup in a low-scoring grinder fashion where, like, most or all of the games go under, I still think Bobrovsky can win. So getting back to the original point, two to 2-1 kind of feels like a good bet. However, there's also the possibility that... Florida wins the cup and it's a completely wild series where every game is five, three, six, four. And now you're looking at, uh, you know, Kachuk being the most logical winner in that case. So for me as somebody who likes to try to dumb it down and get things. You you find you make prices on things that are easier to make. So if you're making con Smythe, You've got to figure out what percentage of the time do the Panthers win to players A, B, C, or D win the cup and uh, win the con Smythe, And then in this case, it's I think it's possible that Bobrovsky wins the cup even if Vegas wins. So breaking that all down into a percentage is a lot more difficult given because you got to get inside the head of voters who you don't even know who they are. So to <laughs> me, I would rather just find a good number on the Panthers and bet it. However, I think in theory, there probably is some value with Bobrovsky if you can get north of two to one.
0: It's a good point. A lot of good points. And especially when it comes to voters, I know there were betters who were upset about the Miami Heat outcome. Caleb Martin was, I think, as high as 35 to one to win Eastern Conference Finals. MVP Jimmy Butler wins it. If you go back to a scenario that I was very familiar with in the NCAA tournament, finale going back to 2022 with Kansas Baji winning most valuable player, most outstanding player didn't really make much sense considering what he did at the title game. But it goes to show you when voters have to hand in their votes initially in the first place, maybe less so in professional sports, because I don't know how things are done versus when it comes to collegiate sports like the NCAA tournament. But at least in that specific instance, and then you also go into the notion of trying to figure out how a specific voter votes, which is, it's not implied probability. It's its some sort of other analysis that you absolutely cannot quantify. So one other nugget or one other market that you brought up within your analysis there, Jeff, was the total, at least when it comes to Bobrovsky and handicapping how this series could go when it when you look at consummate odds, potentially higher scoring series, maybe the award goes to a goal score, but looking at the total for game one, it's sitting at five and a half. No surprise, a little bit of juice towards the over and Vegas is pretty much favored just like it is to win the series. I believe around minus 136 and maybe the exact price over at Circa. So what do you make of the handicap for game one specifically? And then when it comes to the series as a whole, what are the keys for both teams or either team to pull this thing out?
1: Well, I I think, I don't know, and I haven't made a bet on game one uh, to this point. And I don't know if I will or if I won't probably. If the numbers stay relatively close to where they are right now, I probably won't bet the game. That being said, I live in Las Vegas. There's a very, very, very high likelihood I'm going to be forced into betting the Panthers in game one. Just (laughs) some Because places will just take so much money and they'll move the number and there'll be a number to bet. But as far as actually trying to figure out what's going to happen in this game, if you are are assimilating what you've seen out of these two teams – I kind of think it's going to be a low-scoring series. Um, Vegas has really struggled on the power play, uh, and that hasn't really – its just been kind of all year, um, and that can can burn some time off the clock. And, frankly, Bobrovsky and Aiden Hill have been outstanding. Uh, Vegas and Florida have the second and third highest save percentage of any of the teams during the playoffs, only behind the Rangers – uh, and the Rangers were out, you know. the Rangers are out in the first round, so that sample size is a lot smaller. Uh, the only thing that gives me pause about about unders is it's wondering if these, if Aiden Hill and Bobrovsky can continue what they're doing. I mean, if anybody actually thought that going into the playoffs, oh, you know, Aiden Hill and Laurent Bressois are going to win you a Stanley Cup, then. You know, good on you because I definitely didn't have that in the cards. Um, and not to take anything away from the guys, have been incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I it's going to be physical. It's going to be tight. There's not going to be a lot of ice out there. Uh, I kind of like. I would bet the under if I had to pick a side, but just who the goalies are does give me some pause uh, in making that bet. I, I think I would rather. I kind of want to just watch a game and see how the teams attack one another uh, and see kind of what each team is doing and and how it might relate to how they play going forward. So, yeah, I got nothing for you, really, in total.
0: Makes sense. And I want to, in our last few minutes here, like I mentioned at the beginning, you also deal with college baseball and golf and A couple of big events for both of those sports coming up, not only with the College World Series, but you have NCAA Tournament Regionals happening this weekend, I believe, starting on June 2nd. So Friday, and then the U.S. Open tees off on June 15th in a couple of weeks. So however you want to take it, Jeff, I don't know if you have any betting advice for regionals in particular, generally speaking, or anything specific I know you're a huge golf handicapper. So maybe you have a long shot or two, or at least a golfer in the middle tier range that may be worth targeting, but however you want to go about the rest of the two or the other two betting markets that you focus on in particular.
1: So the college world series is an event I get very excited for, uh, for the last couple of years. And it, it presents itself a great, like the games are great betting opportunities. Um, a lot of these teams, you know, this is more from a game-to-game market than a futures market. A lot of these teams don't have pitching depth. And what ends up happening is in the first round, the regionals, the team that goes in a loser's bracket a lot of the time has to play four games in four days, and they run out of pitching. Um, and it's important to try to follow along. It's, it takes a lot of effort, but you're looking through box scores. You're looking through – you know, okay, what team, who's pitched for this team, who's pitched for that team. Trying to figure out who a team is going to start the next day is also a challenge because they probably just played and whether or not you can get the coach, coach might not have even decided yet. So a lot of the times you don't know who's starting until 45 minutes before the game. And these places are just kind of pricing things almost like, you know, okay, it's this team is worth this, this team is worth that. This is the price without really looking into too much of the pitchers, which, you know, anybody who watches baseball knows the importance of a starting pitcher in a game and overall bullpen depth. So that's something that, uh, without giving away too much, uh, days three and four of the College World Series Regional can present themselves uh, with some excellent betting opportunities. Uh, if you're aware of uh, of what to look for.
0: Great insight and information from Jeff Davis. You can follow him on Twitter at double underscore junkyard lead bookmaker for NHL college baseball and golf over at circus sports. And that'll do it for this edition of beat the closing number presented by TheLines.com. You can follow the lines on Twitter at the lines us. And remember to head over to play to enter into our free betting contests and head over to the lines.com. Not just for getting the best odds on any sport and price shopping across numerous betting markets, but also getting the link in the top right-hand corner to our Discord channel to get all of our bets from staff members like myself on any betting market. This is another edition of Beat the Closing Number. So long, everybody.